As if the McCrispy couldn't get any better, Bacon and Ranch just entered the chat. The Bacon Ranch McCrispy, available at participating McDonald's for a limited time. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. The Purple Mafia, with your host, Paladino Joey. Well, we'll see. The doctors would disagree, but what do they know? So let's just say that you'll pay me because it's in your interest to pay me. Is it worth it? I mean, you've won. Do you want to wipe everybody out? I don't feel I have to wipe everybody out, Tom. It's just my enemy. That's all. My father taught me many things. He taught me, keep your friends close, put your enemies close. These are wonderful things that we've achieved, and there's no limit to where we can go from here. Welcome to the family, here on Purple Mafia. I am your host, Paladino Joey, or Joey Awajan. Purple Mafia is available on thesportstuff.com and on iTunes. I thank each and every one of you always for downloading and listening to this show. We've got another game to review today. Another loss for the Minnesota Vikings, unfortunately. But, gosh, I predicted the Vikings to lose by 10, and they lost by 11. The difference was, well, neither team scored as much. The Minnesota Vikings defense looked actually fairly decent. The New Orleans Saints uh, defense was, uh, well, it was fairly decent as well. And uh, lots of turns of events along the way. And of course, obviously, no Adrian Peterson this week. What a surprise, I guess, right? <laughs> what a surprise. Uh, the newest update of late is that he believes he there's still a chance he could play this year. It all depends on the courts. We'll just see where things go in the grand scheme of things. Uh, I am not a fan of the New Orleans Saints in any way, shape, or form. I used to really like the Saints, actually, long, long, long ago. Because they were kind of that little team that couldn't, and I wanted to see them succeed and survive. But what happens every single time one of those type of teams succeeds? Their fan base gets cocky as hell, and they're absolutely annoying. Their players get cocky as hell, and they're absolutely annoying. Gee, sounds like the Detroit Lions whenever they start winning some games. The St. Louis Rams when they started winning games. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers when they started winning games. Oh, and gosh darn it, way back in the early 90s, the Green Bay Packers when they started winning games. Because, really, after the, the 60s, when the Packers won the first two Super Bowls, they really weren't much of a factor. Oh, and funny how cocky their fan base got when they finally started to get good. And now they've been good for about the better part of 20 years. But, yeah, still, two Super Bowls in 20 years. I guess that's better than us, I guess. Damn it. But, uh, hopefully... Our new starting quarterback, <laughs> quarterback of the present, quarterback of the future, whatever he is, can help us get there somehow, some way, someday. The dirty, rotten scoundrels. <laughs> the New Orleans Saints, they are dirty, rotten scoundrels. Once again, another Minnesota Vikings quarterback injured at the hands of the New Orleans Saints. Was this one dirty? Eh, probably not, but it just so happens that uh, another Minnesota Vikings starting quarterback is injured fairly uh, significantly. I guess the New Orleans Saints in the Bayou, in the Superdome, or the... I don't even want to 
say anything bad about it necessarily because of what happened nine years ago. And uh, yeah, wow, nine years ago, about this time, September-ish, back in uh, 2005, the hurricane uh, Katrina. So definitely glad they were able to get through that. And it's still amazing, like I say, that, uh, man, it's been as long as Drew Brees has been there just about. He's been there since about 2006, took them to the NFC title game, amazingly, against the Bears, and the Bears swamped them, or thwarted them. I wish the Vikings could have done the same in 2009, but unfortunately the Vikings were not at home. I'm bouncing all over the place already, probably driving you crazy. But uh, yeah, Matt Castle was under fire constantly by the uh, New Orleans Saints who ultimately scored on their first two drives, did not even see the Vikings get a single stop. They uh, the uh, they didn't get a single stop on the first two drives, and it's like, my God, I guess the Saints are going to be uh, 56 and the Vikings are going to be zero. <laughs> oh, boy. It was pretty bad, but then right away, the Vikings defense uh, stepped it up. The uh, Saints kicker missed the extra point, so the Saints were knotted at 13 for quite a while until he... Very frustrating turn of events took place. We'll get to that later. Uh, the other turn of events for the Minnesota Vikings season, which is uh, really changing. Lots of uh, winds of change are really all over the Vikings right now for so many reasons. Obviously, Adrian Peterson, will he ever play again for the Vikings? Hard to say. Um, what? Uh, how would I feel about it? I wouldn't have a problem with if Adrian Peterson played again for the Vikings. Ban him for life. Ah, ban Adrian for life. Really? Why don't we ban you guys for life, whoever you are out there saying that, because I'm sure there's things you've done in your life that you would not want anybody to know, because gosh darn it, we don't know, because we don't know you. So, um, just saying, just saying, I'm sure you didn't beat your kid or this or that, I'm sure you didn't, but just saying. I just love the way people jump on stuff and uh, want people kicked out of the league forever, and then the next minute... They want everybody to kiss this person's ass because they like them. Maybe it's some musician or something. Oh, whatever. The hypocrisy is despicable in this world. Oh, and the hypocrisy is despicable from Drew Brees as well. Oh, fill in the blank there. We'll get to that very shortly yet again. But Matt Castle injured. Oh, goody. Uh, he didn't look good anyway. He really didn't. And the offensive line hasn't looked good. And Matt Khalil at the... Uh, What's the word? He's under fire from basically everybody in the Minnesota Viking fan base. He's the lightning rod figure right now for all the Minnesota Viking players, along with Robert Blanton, who really sucked most of the game. Um, I mean, he was adequate, I suppose, because, yeah, the Vikings defense did get better. That's the good part. Um, We didn't look good against the the, uh, New England Patriots at all, but encouraging to see the Vikings defense step up, step it up a bit against a pretty dangerous uh, Saints offense. More of a short passing style versus the uh, more vertical game we're going to be facing this coming Sunday against the Atlanta Falcons. It's going to be a different uh, different ball game this time around, and that could be a huge problem. Um, the Vikings look good against this uh, uh, West Coast offense style that the Saints kind of bring out there. Vikings running game non-existent, and of course they were playing from behind most of the way, but still non-existent. Matt Asiata really does nothing for me. Jarek McKinnon has really shown pretty much nothing, if you want my honest opinion. Catchable pass from Bridgewater just didn't catch it. It just was just he just didn't catch it along the way. He really doesn't do anything for me so far. I'm, I thought we were going to see a little bit more out of Jarek McKinnon, 
maybe not a touchdown on his first play like uh, the aforementioned Adrian Peterson was able to accomplish back in the wonderful 2007. But um, it's kind of like, I guess, it's like I said, the waves of change. That, that almost could be the title of the show instead of Dirty Rotten Scoundrels because it is a wave of change right now with the Vikings and it's a very rapid one. It's kind of like the smartphones uh, taking over the cell phone market <laughs> back in 07, 08, and beyond. What a change that was. Uh, you got Teddy Bridgewater. He's going to be starting at quarterback for the, well, foreseeable future, maybe for a very long, long, long time. We shall see. Is it too early for him? Well, again, we shall see. Looked solid out there. Uh, ultimately, Matt Castle. Multiple breaks in his foot. The, uh, his ankle, It looked like an ankle injury to me when he got wrapped up. Looked like he was in a lot of pain. I figured, oh, it's just a, it's just, he's just a little sore. Maybe his ankle got twisted a bit, and that's not fun. But maybe he'll be okay. He'll be able to tough it out and keep playing and go from there. But no, several breaks in the in his foot. So his timetable is uh, it's going to be a while. Maybe the rest of the year. Teddy Bridgewater, starting quarterback for the Vikings already. Uh, all of us uh, lauding the uh, plan of. Sit Teddy Bridgewater for this year, maybe another year after that. Who knows? Maybe start him out next year. Have him learn on the sidelines and all that stuff with a clipboard and all that good stuff like the uh, the Aaron Rodgers of the world. Christian Ponder didn't get to learn anything because not that it would have necessarily helped. And maybe it would. Who knows? I mean, maybe. I, I hope it would. He doesn't seem to have learned anything yet, but we'll see. Um, but no... Uh, because obviously McNabb didn't allow Ponder to learn anything. He just kind of stuck and Ponder had to take over. In this case, um, Castle gets injured in week three very early and Teddy Bridgewater has to take over. I liked what I saw. Uh, it was a very conservative game plan, which is basically a plan B because he's the number two quarterback and that's kind of how it goes. And it was his first NFL game. You're not going to have him go super vertical and all that good stuff, but uh, he looked good. He looked smart. He looked steady. You know what I like about Teddy Bridgewater? Is, uh, well, obviously he's got the quick feet. He's got that first step where he could go for a first down or maybe more. Who knows? Whatever it is. But he slides. He protects the football and he slides. He protects the football and himself. He doesn't lower his shoulder into somebody like a Dante Culpepper, uh, Michael Vick, and such, where he's trying to do too much and get himself hurt. He's an intelligent, uh, he's an intelligent young guy. And he's a very young-looking guy as well. Emphasis on young. Boy, boy, does he look young <laughs> when he's out there. And obviously when he has his helmet off and all that good stuff, he's a young-looking guy. Uh, probably a lot more interesting than his interviews so far. Uh, usually rookies' interviews aren't real good. I mean, Adrian Peterson wasn't a very interesting guy his first year. And then, bam, he's like one of the most interesting people in the league. No, of course, now for other reasons versus... Uh, just having a conversation with a reporter or such. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater, though, really like what uh, really like what he brings to the table in so many ways. He's got a solid arm. Not sure how deep it's going to be uh, long term. Not sure just how strong it's going to be, but big enough, I suppose. It's going to be a matter of time when they uh, say bombs away with uh, Teddy Bridgewater, and he's got a hundred percent green light. Probably not going to happen against the Falcons right away. I, I don't think so. You may see a deep pass or two in the game, but it's not going to be like bombs away per se. I'm not sure that's what the Vikings are all about anyway. 
even though you have weapons to possibly do that. Greg Jennings is a pretty fast runner. Cordell Patterson's uh, explosiveness is unbelievable, and he looked really good on, a, on at least one play in this game. There's 28-yard catch and uh, go, breaking some tackles, shifting around. Guy's got a, just so much talent, it's unbelievable. And even back in the Rams game, it was kind of like the, uh, well, passing the torch from Adrian to, to uh, Cordell Patterson, and uh, we didn't realize just how symbolic that was going to be, apparently, where it's headed. Uh, now, you, now, now you go from Patterson to Bridgewater as well. Changing of the guard. But unfortunately, the running back position does not look filled yet with Jarek McKinnon. I hope and pray that there is a breakout in this young man at some point, but boy, does he look raw so far. Uh, I, hope he brings, I hope he's able to bring more to the table than he has so far. Really don't want to go back to the old frustrating... Uh, uh, running back by committee. Do you remember the Meweldy Moore, Ontario Smith days? I'm trying to remember the other one. Because there was three for like the longest time. And I'm not remembering the other guy. Oh, man. Like back in 93, you remember way back in the day when you had like Barry Word. And um, because obviously Terry Allen was out. Uh, Robert Smith was a rookie and he was kind of like injured and all that. And he wasn't that good yet. Um... I forget who the other one was. Oh, uh, Graham. Scotty Graham. There we go. <laughs> Scotty Graham. Look at my memory. Unbelievable. I hope we're not headed that way. That Asiata is kind of like a Scotty Graham in a way. Joe Banyard, maybe it'd be like that. Um, I just hope it's not running back by committee because the Vikings offense doesn't look so hot without a decent running game. We definitely don't have it right now. That is for sure. But ultimately... The Vikings offense with, with Teddy Bridgewater at the helm. More exciting. What Teddy Bridgewater brings to the story. What Teddy Bridgewater brings to the Vikings, pardon me, is, uh, well, it's refreshing. It's a, cha- it's a reason to bring the Viking fan base back. A blessing in despise, if, or despised, a blessing in disguise, if you will. You know, you don't want to root for somebody to get injured and go through the pain of that. And obviously, it's probably not very helpful to Matt Castle's career prospects right now, uh, unfortunately. Uh, You don't want to be a backup. You want to be a starter, damn it. You know, starters make more money than backups. No kidding, right? Um, But what did the Vikings need right now? And what did it do for me, myself, watching this game? It drew my interest. That's right. It drew my interest. Watching the Vikings go out there and struggle, you know, with a with a, you know a mediocre veteran quarterback, some receivers with a lot of with, with some talent, especially Cordero and all that good stuff. But receivers don't get the ball all the time. A running game that doesn't really exist. A career backup at best, maybe a third stringer is your starter, Matt Asiata. He's he's a goal line power guy. He'll gives you about one yard most of the time. Jarek McKinnon was raw as raw as a steak in the grocery store. Pardon that goofy uh, analogy. Joe Banyard, who didn't even get a snap in the game, at least that I know of. Uh, oh, well, Teddy Bridgewater's kind of interesting to watch. You know, like a lot of the Viking fans that might be pouting right now because of the Adrian Peterson situation for one reason or another. Maybe you're pouting because he's not in there. Or maybe you're just pouting because you're boycotting the Vikings. Well, there's this young Teddy Bridgewater guy who's kind of intriguing to watch. Huh. Might kind of bring some of us back a little bit. <clears throat> Me, 
I'm going to watch nonetheless. I got a podcast to do, obviously, and I care about this team, obviously, regardless, you know. <laughs> but, you know, and obviously, you know, when you're covering a team, you got to cover them through thick and thin. And if you're a fan, you, you, you're a true blue, over the top, you know, purple and gold fan, you're going to keep up with them through thick and thin. Um, but a Teddy Bridgewater is going to going to pique your interest a bit and that's what happened and so in a lot of ways this is a very uh helpful turn of events for the minnesota vikings franchise in a lot of ways huh well, how's bridgewater gonna do let's check it out there you go a stroke of luck for the vikings in a sense yes without a doubt with out a doubt 12 of 20 from the field not bad not great not great, but he pre-protected the football. He didn't fumble. He didn't throw an interception. He didn't really uh, put himself in danger in any way, physically or statistically, per se. <laughs> he didn't uh, get the Vikings killed. He didn't get himself killed. Nice start for a guy who's just getting his first sniff in the NFL. I mean, some guys go out there for the first time. They look like their feet are glued to the ground, and they can't complete a pass. And next thing you know, their back is glued to the ground, too. Teddy Bridgewater certainly didn't look that way. Looked poised, looked confident, and, um, well, conservative a bit because of the uh, the coaching, the play calling, because uh, obviously they have to right now. But we'll see what happens with Atlanta. So let's talk about these Saints, these dirty, rotten scoundrels that I really hate. I really hate the Saints, actually. I, I really hate them. <laughs> this also got piqued my interest. Uh, I was kind of chill, enjoying Teddy Bridgewater. And then I started, then I started cursing at the TV. And I kept cursing at the TV. When a quarterback that I really liked when he was on the San Diego Chargers and was kind of excited too. Hey, the little team that can't just got Drew Brees. The little team that couldn't just got Drew Brees. Wow, the Saints are going to be fun to watch. Wow, that's kind of cool. It's nice to see a a really high-end, potentially high-end, because he wasn't like proven, proven yet even though it looked like he was pretty good with San Diego in his last couple of years there when they finally lit a fire under him, uh, go to a team like New Orleans. Maybe they can get things going and Reggie Bush and all that good stuff right after that. So on and so forth. Really uh, liked Drew Brees back then. Liked him with Purdue and all that good stuff. But then 2009 happened and all that good stuff. And, uh, and then 2010 happened when they were... Uh, Exposes the bounty hunting, dirty, rotten scoundrels that they are. Are, not were, are. Maybe the bounty hunting isn't going on anymore, but they're still dirty, rotten as far as I'm concerned, and I'll never cheer for them again, ever. Uh, maybe if maybe if they're playing the Packers, maybe. I, I probably wouldn't even want to watch the game, with that, to be honest yeah, with, with you, if that was the case. Um, even though it'd probably be fun to watch, scoring and all that. But Drew Brees... The way he basically came out and told the, told the world, or football world, whatever, that they didn't do anything wrong. What are you talking about, basically? This is a bunch of BS. Leave us alone. Right. They didn't do anything wrong, Drew. Right. Right. So, basically, Drew Brees lost me for all time after that. All time. I mean, it was like, you're, you're not getting me back, Drew. You're done. <laughs> you're done. Ban him from the league. No, no, I'm kidding. But at the same time, kick his ass every time you play him. I want to see somebody clobber that SOB every time he has the f- football. Pardon my language. 
But yeah, okay, the story of the game outside of what Bridgewater taking over and all that good stuff was when the captain, Captain Morgan, Captain Munnerlin, whatever you want to call him, Captain Munnerlin <laughs> aggressively threw drowned Drew Brees on a key third down for a sack that would have given the Vikings a chance to really do something because it was 13-9. to uh, Bridgewater leading the Vikings to three field goals along the way. Unfortunately, no touchdowns. And the Vikings haven't scored a touchdown since the first quarter, the first four minutes of the first quarter against the New England Patriots. That feels like about 50 years ago right now when it comes to the Vikings offense scoring a touchdown. But uh, I think we'll see one against Atlanta, I would hope. But uh, yeah, he aggressively threw him down. And the Saints would have had to punt because it would have been fourth and very long, like fourth and 15-ish or so. But like Barrero so adroitly said, said today as well, what was he supposed to do? How was he supposed to tackle him, I mean, in that position? What's he supposed to do? Just say, go ahead and throw the ball, Drew? I mean, what was he supposed to do? How the heck was that roughing the passer? And what gives Drew Brees the right to fly up and start shoving people? And he shoved the wrong guy, too, which is kind of funny. He shoved Robert Blanton, who had nothing to do with the, the play. Captain Munnerlin sacked him. No uh, unsportsmanlike conduct for Drew Brees getting up and shoving and going ape bleep on, uh, on uh, uh, well, Blanton, but ultimately could you know, ultimately Munderland's uh, tackle, sack, whatever. Uh, the play was still alive. The referees said they blew the whistle, but they didn't, and most people would say that. The co- uh, Vikings coach Zimmer said that, and us viewing the game would say that as well. There was no whistle, that was a sack. Uh, he had him in the grasp, and he was putting him on the ground. What was he supposed to do? Let him go and let him throw the football? Give him a free play? Roughing the passer on Munderland. First down Saints, and what do you think happened after that? One completion after another. Boom, 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 boom. And then Sage Rosenfels so kindly tweets on Twitter. Oh, don't piss off the breeze. Oh, don't give me that BS. <laughs> Sure, Drew, now now you wake up. Sure, sure. Sure, Drew, after you got sacked and like got a cheap call. And of course, the Saints marched down the field for a touchdown. It would be their last score of the game, but it would be all they'd need because the Vikings offense just wasn't clicking quite like it needed to. And they didn't score a single point in the fourth quarter. It got really boring, really dis- disappointing. I really... Uh, I went from a point like where uh, they're not going to win the game to when the Vikings defense is holding on and Bridgewater was decent enough to get us some field goals. You know, we might actually uh, have a chance, shot at winning this thing. Wouldn't that be amazing? Take it to these SOBs? No, it wasn't meant to be. Vikings ultimately lose the game on that play. Um, You really think I'm a homer for complaining about that? I don't. I mean, I've lost all respect for the guy. Drew Brees, I, I can't stand him. I don't like Drew Brees. And the cocky remarks he was making after the game pissed me off too. You know, just, just the way he talks. I just don't like him anymore. I mean, he, he wasn't that guy before. You know, and tell me all, all you want about how he rebuilt New Orleans. Okay, I guess he did. Yeah, back then. Huh, you know, I mean, that's good and all that good stuff. But I don't necessarily have to like the guy. With the way he's, uh, well, with the way he basically said Bounty Gate, like they didn't do anything wrong, leave us alone. I didn't really appreciate that. I think they screwed the Vikings pretty good in that game, and, and other teams along the way as well were pretty ticked off about that comment, I'm sure. And that guy didn't get one single fine, didn't get didn't miss a single game. 
So, whatever. I'm just saying. <laughs> just saying. Uh, Kyle Rudolph will be missing six weeks as well with a sports hernia, groin, whatever you want to call it. He is going to miss six weeks. That's the important part, and that's disappointing. Pretty nice target for Teddy Bridgewater to throw the ball to that he is not going to have. That sucks. So, that is quite a shame right there. Hopefully, Bridgewater and the Vikings can get a little more going against the Atlanta Falcons. We're going to talk about that in segment number two. Um, we'll talk about the Vikings defense some more. Yeah, Robert Bland led the Vikings in tackles. Yeah, whatever, because he got his ass targeted the whole game for very good reason, because he stinks. Robert Blanton stinks. And, and just about anybody would say that. Josh Robinson was terrible as well. He was one of the leading tacklers in the game. He was terrible. Josh Robinson, give me a break. I mean, there were so many times he blew, he just, the coverage was not there on key third downs, and the Vikings secondary coach was livid on the sidelines. We saw that. Fun to watch, fun to watch. Uh, Captain Munderland was huge in the game, and unfortunately, you see a nice zero next to the word stack with his name, which there should be a one there. Uh, Anthony Bark registering his first sack in the NFL, looked really good again, and I've been saying it all year, he's one of the keys to this defense. Harrison Smith, really good again. Rhodes wasn't really throwing the ball through very much, and hmm, that's kind of cool. That's a good sign for him. How about Gerald Hodges with, with uh, well, six and a half tackles in this game? Six solo and uh, overall and one assist. Gerald Hodges, really liking his emergence, and he had some tackles for loss in the game as well. Really impressed with Hodges. Linval Joseph looks good. All of that good stuff. Really solid game for... Um, a lot of the a, a lot of the defensive players uh, right now really liking Mike Zimmer's defense. Really cool that we were able to keep the Saints down to 20 points. Just imagine if the offense was clicking even a little bit in this game. Three touchdowns, we win the game. It's that simple. Three touchdowns, we win the game, folks. Do you realize that? That's pretty good to, to be able to accomplish that in New Orleans. That's good defense. Um, I, I, yeah, Drew Brees, whatever. I'm going to be quiet about that. I don't want to go any further. I'm glad he was able to help rebuild New Orleans, I suppose, and bring up the people's, obviously bring up the people's morale. Sure, okay, something to cheer for, a distraction from the frustration going on in that town, obviously. I mean, I can only imagine the frustration in that situation. Uh, even just little floods in our basement here are pretty devastating and disappointing and uncomfortable. But, um... Can't even imagine what they went through nine years ago. Oof. Can't even imagine. And, of course, they live in an area where any time hurricanes can happen, just about. Well, obviously during hurricane season. So, wishing them the best there, always. So, I don't hate the Saints too much. You know, I don't hate them so much that I'm going to be inhumane about it or anything. <laughs> I just don't like them, and I'm still ticked off about what happened. And it seems like every time we play them, it gets brought back from for some reason or other. And uh, how similar is that with seeing Breeze going ape bleep with what happened to Favre and all that? You know, whatever. Um, yeah, the Vikings defense looks good, looks promising. They play this well against the Atlanta Falcons. Who knows? They got a chance. Not so sure. Uh, not so sure the Vikings defense is going to um, give up only twenty points against the Falcons. So I mean, boy, oh boy, that's going to be a very interesting topic. I've ran this uh, game review a little long, and that's because there's a lot of emotion involved in it. What, what do you expect from Vikings and Saints? What do you expect? And it wasn't just 2009. And remember, way back in the day, when I predicted the 2009 NFC Championship game, that it was going to be a bleeping mess. 
It was going to be frustrating. It was going to be fun and frustrating. There was going to be turnovers. There was going to be drama. There was going to be all kinds of junk all over the place. It was going to be as swampy as the bayou out there, basically. It was going to literally live up to the climate in New Orleans. And you know what? It's pretty much been that way since uh, forever with that team and, and the Vikings. I still remember 2002, Culpepper bobbling the snap up, running it in, and the Vikings win. You know, that game was all over the place. There was a game in the mid-2000s that was all over the place. 2008 was all over the freaking place, and Antoine Winfield blocked a punt, ran it for a touchdown. Oh, the memories. 2010 was a mess. 2009 was, uh, I can't talk about it anymore. It's gotta, gotta move on for the time being. We'll get back to that some other time, some other place, some other episode. Yeah. It's nice that the Vikings have a positive, quote-unquote, distraction in this whole uh, disappointing season with the Adrian Peterson uh, scenario going on. Nice to have Teddy Bridgewater to uh, give us something to look forward to, present and long-term. So with that, we'll wrap up the game review, take a break, talk about the Atlanta Falcons, NFC North preview first, though, and luckily we get to cheat because two teams played each other. <laughs> so that's going to make it quicker. Only two games to review there. And we talk about those Atlanta Falcons, the high-flying, hot Atlanta Falcons. And then off to the fan of direction, we will hear a call from Brent Jacobson. Be back right after this. Hey, crisp, cool days and fall colors are upon us. Nothing tastes better this time of year than Zombie Monkey by Tallgrass Beer from Manhattan, Kansas. Zombie Monkey is a robust porter with a lot of amazing flavors that you will love. Don't forget to try 8-Bit Pale Ale, which is the official beer of this podcast. When you see Pac-Man licking his chops, you found an amazing can and an even better beer. Check out the many other wonderful beers Tallgrass offers on their website at www.tallgrassbeer.com. Use their beer locator to see what's available in your area. You can follow Tallgrass on Twitter, at TallgrassMN, and like them on Facebook. Just simply search for Tallgrass Minnesota. Tallgrass Beer, bringing people together over a beer since 2007. Too busy to sit in front of a computer? Simply download Purple Mafia on iTunes for Apple devices. For Android, download the Double Twist app. And for Windows and BlackBerry phones, simply find us in the store. And now, back to Paladino Joey. And we are back here on Purple Mafia. It is, well, the NFC North, we could call it, the NFC North Roundup. And, of course, the, uh, well, in this case, the Atlanta Falcons preview. Time to talk about that. That'll be great. Let's start off with the Green Bay Packers and Detroit Lions game for the NFC North preview, and then we'll get to that Monday night game, the Jets and the Bears. Starting to start uh, a potential division uh, leader here is starting to take shape. A team that looks like they're going to be uh, the front runner, we'll, we'll say, for this division. And it's neither one of the Packers or the Lions, even though the Lions are playing pretty good. They're a uh, pretty crushing defeat to the Carolina Panthers last week. Not all that impressive for me, even though the Bears' opening season loss, not all that impressive either. But, uh, you know, Packers don't look good. Um,. They had to mount a, a pretty impressive comeback to even beat the Jets at home. That wasn't good. They lost their season opener. Now they lose in Detroit, the uh, long ago called the Silver Dome. Now it's the Ford Field, of course. 
Detroit Lions win 19-7. to uh, You'd think it'd be a little higher scoring game, wouldn't you? All that offense on Detroit's side of the ball, and yes, they have a very good defense, actually, when they want to, when the guys are focused and they're not, like, uh, all over the place getting penalties. Jim Caldwell's actually got this team uh, a little bit uh, playing with a little more discipline than uh, the previous uh, head coach of the Detroit Lions, isn't he? It's kind of interesting when you think about that, actually, uh, to be quite honest. Packers held the seven points. Seven points for the Green Bay Packers. That's uh, pretty alarming, to be quite honest. Seven points for the Green Bay Packers. That's bad. That's bad. Uh, Starks was the running back because Lacey's out with a concussion. Great. <laughs> Great. Uh, obviously, the Bears have some injuries as well. Uh, Peanut Tillman's out for the year. That really sucks. Uh, a lot of people feeling bad for him. May even be done for good. Uh, but yeah, Lacey's out. That's not helpful. Starks only 8 attempts, 38 yards. And of course, the Packers playing from behind for most of the game. Detroit getting a safety in the second quarter. Packers and Lions uh, at the, after the end of the first. It was a tie game, and the Packers never scored again. Can you believe it? Can you believe it? And that was when Aaron Rodgers had thrown a touchdown pass up the middle to Andrew Corliss for a 10-yard play. <laughs> 39 seconds left in the first, and that was the end of the Packers scoring. Who'd have thunk it? Who would have thunk that? That's just crazy. It's kind of weird, isn't it? Just a little bit. Detroit Lions, uh, well, they look tough. I mean, good for them. Matthew Stafford, there's Carson Palmer again, like I called him last week. I think I'm hitting the nail on the head with that one, to be quite honest. Hate to brag, but I think I think I got this one figured out. Matthew Stafford is Carson Palmer post-ACL with the Cincinnati Bengals. Pre-ACL, pre-ACL, Carson Palmer looked like another Peyton Manning pre-ACL. And I'm not kidding, he looked freaking good. But unfortunately, he was injured basically his second, third year in the league. So, kind of sucked to be him, unfortunately. I really like Carson Palmer. Um, two interceptions for Stafford, no touchdowns. Yikes. He's not so good, man. Full 246 yards. Reggie Bush, strong, solid, good. Uh, what an unbelievable addition he was to the, to the Lions. I mean, Reggie Bush always seemed to be kind of more glitzy, kind of all flash, but not not really so much of the substance when he was with the Saints. And with the Dolphins, it's kind of like, eh, eh, you know, eh. A guy that's already past his prime and not really much of a factor in Miami. I mean, he was decent. Goes to Detroit. I mean, wow, it's like a marriage made in heaven. He had a very solid game. Only 12 carries, 61 yards, and he scored a touchdown along the way that helped the uh, helped the Lions win the game. I mean, there it is. Reggie Bush kind of uh, basically put the Lions ahead for good, 19-7, to midway through the fourth quarter. That was pretty much all she wrote there. Strong game by the Lions defensively. Just incredible. Getting the job done along the way. Uh, Tullock had a sack. Namagan Sue had a sack. Only two sacks in the game, but pressuring uh, Rodgers all day and keeping the Packers in check. Awesome. Awesome game for the Lions. Didn't get a turnover, if you can believe that. Uh, at least Rodgers didn't throw one, so <laughs> good for the Packers there, I suppose. But Rodgers, not, not much going on. Only 162 yards passing. Like, wow. Wow. And that's from behind. You'd think he'd get more than that. Detroit Lions defense looking better than you'd think with Jim Caldwell as head coach. 2-1 with the Lions so far is Caldwell. Not a bad start to the, to his uh, career in Detroit. He might end up being the Lions coach for a while. We'll, we'll see. 
for their sake, I hope so. For our sake, well, whatever. <laughs> good luck to him and all that good stuff, but we don't necessarily want the Lions to be 12-4, and 4, though, do we? Eh, not so much. Though some people would prefer you prefer that over the Packers. I kind of don't like either one of these teams. You know, uh, the only team in the NFC North besides the Vikings that I kind of like is the Bears. And it's more of a kind of like than really like. Uh, they really took it to the New York Jets Monday night. Took it to them pretty good. Now the Jets kind of started to come back against the Bears a little bit in the second quarter, but along the way the Bears' defense got it done and their offense is solid. Jay Cutler looks sharp, man. He looks good. He made some nice plays. Uh, Unfortunately for the Chicago Bears, Brandon Marshall's hurt. That's not good. He only had one catch, six yards. Looked like a concussion. Uh, Not good for him. Ultimately, it's... uh, Kind of a wait-and-see type of thing with him right now. Uh, <laughs> kind of feel for him there. That was a, a quite a uh, quite a hit without a doubt. Apparently, um, well, he injured his right ankle. Excuse me, not, his, not a concussion. It looked like a concussion, but he actually hurt his ankle. Didn't really get the ball much after that, though. Um, not good for them. Uh, obviously, an ankle is not good if you're a receiver. You're not going to really be able to get down the field as much. You're not going to be able to cut as much. Chicago, ultimately, looks like a really good team right now. They they really do. Uh, really strong start to the season, to be quite honest. Beating the 49ers, taking care of the Jets in New York. Two huge road wins for the Bears. They're the best team in the division as of right now. Three games in, the Chicago Bears, to me, front runners for the NFC North. I think they're going to win the division, barring some type of huge change. Uh, I remember the Bears looked solid last year early, too, and then the Packers slowly but surely came back and won because the Bears were just so damn weak down the stretch. They couldn't even like have a winning record, and the Packers were able to survive and win the division, much to everyone's chagrin, with an 8-6-1 eight and six and eight, six and one record, I believe. 8-7-1 and one record. What the hell? <laughs> got to the playoffs, almost beat the Niners in the first round. How crazy was that? And, of course, they did have that game at home. Almost polar vortex uh, weather there. They just missed it pretty much at that point. It was just starting to warm up a little bit. <laughs> crazy. Uh, Bears look really good, though. Could be uh, seeing Soldier Field hosting some playoff games this uh, this uh, January. We shall, we shall see. They look really sharp. I mean, they, they really do. The, the passing game looks really good. Forte, mm, well, not so much. And the Jets have a good defense. I mean, they've had a good defense forever. It's not as good as it was before. And the Bears got the job done in East Rutherford, New Jersey, MetLife Stadium. They got it done, and that's pretty much what matters there. The 27-19, Bears win. Front runners of the NFC North, in my humble opinion. Let's try not to run that too long. If possible, the Atlanta Falcons. This might be kind of tough to gauge uh, because 56-14 against Tampa Bay is kind of like, that's kind of too good. I mean, we know Atlanta's not that good. I mean, geez. I mean, (laughs) Tampa Bay just sucks that bad. That's all. That's all. Tampa Bay just sucks, you know. And uh, Leslie Frazier and Lovey Smith, supposed to be uh, defensive coaches. Yeah, defensive head coach, Lovey Smith. And... Leslie Frazier, who was a defensive head coach and a defensive coordinator, a respected defensive coordinator in this league. Yeah, 56 points. Well, it was in Atlanta, though, right? It was in Atlanta, so, I mean, let's let's try to be fair, right? Let's try to be fair. Ah, you know, 
You can't just judge them because they were, you know, beat, got beat on the road or anything. Well, Matt Ryan, gosh, how much, how many more completions did he have to have in this game? You know, at least uh, he only had to throw the ball 24 times. That's the funny part about all this. 24 times, completes 21 of his passes, three touchdowns. Just slept, walked his way through the game. Even Yates completed 75%, three for four. His one incompletion was an interception. He had 64 yards, did Yates, during the garbage time down the stretch. Oh, the Bucks got all 14 of their points in the fourth quarter. They were they were mounting a comeback. Yeah, comeback, you know. Yeah, you know, they're just trying to save face because 56-0, you know, we, we can't be doing that. You know, that might look like the the Patriots and the uh, Chicago Bears in 19... Uh, in 1985, or one of the San Francisco Super Bowls, if I remember, it was a Denver. Oh my God! Oh, ho, ho, ho. that was one of those good ones, right? Dallas and Buffalo was that the first one? That was sick. I hate Dallas so much. Oh, still hate them more than Seattle and 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 sometimes even Green Bay. Mm, that's a lot of hatred. A lot of hatred. Yeah. Um, I've been kind of mean to Matt Ryan because he's an awesome. Regular season quarterback, and unfortunately for the Vikings, it is the regular season. <laughs> Matt Ryan hasn't had a whole bunch of postseason success, though the last time he did make the postseason, they barely lost to the 49ers. In fact, there's a lot of people that would tell you that uh, there was pass interference in the play by Matt Ryan that would have sent the Falcons to the, to their second Super Bowl in what would have been about a 13-year stretch. Yes, 13 years, 14-year stretch, 98 season, 2012 season, yep. Uh, Matt Ryan, man, oh man, great regular season quarterback, kind of a kind of a, a newer Peyton Manning. He's even super tall like Peyton Manning. <laughs> he kind of, yeah, he kind of does remind me of Peyton Manning with the Colts. Uh, lots of great numbers, big contract, obviously, uh, lots of regular season success. Falcons might go on and win like 12, 13 games this year for all we know, and they did a couple years ago, and they lost ultimately to the 49ers in that game. 49ers clutched it out and got a little lucky with the calls. Yes, sometimes calls aren't made on the last play or two of the game because they're, they don't want to make a cheap, uh, a close call at the end, costing a team a uh, chance to go to the game uh, on a penalty. They say let them play, per se. Who knows? That's debatable. Uh, Julio Jones is an amazing receiver. <laughs> Vikings have to go up against a very deadly passing game against the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, the running game, I don't fear all too much. They'll watch him, but watch him run against the Vikings now. I don't think they will though with uh, uh, Linval Joseph and such and co. I think the Falcons pass all over the Vikings. They cripple this weak secondary. Blanton uh, isn't scaring anybody. Matt Ryan and co. Julio Jones, they're going to target Blanton. They're going to target Josh Robinson. They're going to pick on him big time. They're going to target them as much as they can. They're going to have to hope Captain Munderland and Xavier Rhodes and Harrison Smith can get the job done. And like I said last week, the chan- the only chance the Vikings have to win this game is to force some turnovers in Matt Ryan. And unfortunately, Matt Ryan uh, is playing really good right now. Luckily for the Vikings, they're not playing the Tampa 2 because it just doesn't work anymore. It just doesn't. I mean, it's Windows... Windows... Uh, uh, Windows Vista... No, not even Vista. It's Windows 2000... Windows uh, ME. That's what. There we go. That's basically what the Tampa Two is. It's Windows ME, man. It's much more successful in the late '90s, early 2000s than it is today. 56 points. Yeah, Tampa Bay's not real good, but 56 freaking points. <laughs> Jeez, man. I mean, it's 
it's unacceptable as far as I'm concerned. Uh, Atlanta, a definite dub. If they don't, if they don't make the playoffs, I'd be shocked. To be quite honest with you, man, I can't believe Matt Ryan's 29 years old already. It seems like yesterday he was a rookie and he was beating the Vikings in the in the uh, yeah he was the first overall pick or no no he was the second he was the third overall pick he wasn't first overall uh, back in 08. I still remember that he came into the Metrodome and uh, ran and uh, he didn't cross the uh, he didn't cross the uh, the pylon, but they said he did. Unfortunately, the <laughs> that pissed us off just a little bit. But the uh, yeah, that that kind of cost the Vikings the game there at the Metrodome. It changed the momentum of that one. I don't think the uh, Falcons are gonna lose to the Vikings, even if it's in the TCF Bank Stadium. I, I really don't. I mean, this passing game is deadly. They look really good. Yeah, they they actually did lose a game already this year, if you can believe that kind of find that very hard to believe, to be quite frank. Uh, Julio Jones, Roddy White, um, no, they don't have Tony Gonzalez anymore, but they're not going to need him right now. They still have a decent tight end there. Steven Jackson, well, I guess he'll get what he needs to get. (laughs) I don't know how many first downs he's going to need to get down the stretch. Depends on how far ahead the Falcons are in this one. And I'm not trying to be a, I'm not trying to be an ass here. I mean, the Falcons are looking good right now. And yes, you can't just gauge it on the way they ran all over the Bucks. I think they score less points in this game. Imagine that. Uh, Mike Zimmer's defense is going to be a huge key in this game. That, in fact, it's going to be a huge key in this game. As is Teddy Bridgewater. No kidding. Um, Teddy Bridgewater, how is he going to perform against this Atlanta defense? What's it going to be like? It's it's going to be very interesting, actually, to see how they perform in this one, to be quite honest. Obviously, their passing offense is number one in the league. Their scoring offense, number one in the league. The yardage, number one in the league. But their rush is only 16th because Steven Jackson is ancient. I, I mean, I'm shocked he's still playing in this league. Yeah, their numbers are bloated a bit after a 56-point game, but it was all, but they were already pretty good along the way. I'm not sure what this is all about. <laughs> I love when they kind of have this all over the place. Oh, boy. But uh, Matt Ryan, believe it or not, does have three interceptions already, despite the fact he's ha- he's got almost 1,000 yards already. That's crazy. He's going to get his in this game. Um, there's just no doubt about that. Three interceptions already, though. That's the one hope the Vikings can force uh, Matt Ryan to throw an interception along the way to Captain Monterland, Harrison Smith, who's more than capable of bringing it to the house. Roddy White, definitely slowing a bit. Julio Jones, though, all over the place. Almost 400 yards and three touchdowns already. That's nuts. Uh, They even have Devin Hester, who's a dangerous kick returner, who did eclipse uh, Deion Sanders to be the number one um, kick returner of all time. So congratulations to Devin Hester, formerly of the Bears, now, of course, of the Falcons. Roddy White, only 10 catches in three games, though. That's a little bit uh, alarming as far as I'm concerned. So that's the one thing. As I continue to bounce around, I, I just think this Falcons team is gonna it's gonna pass all over the secondary, and yeah, it's it's all about getting turnovers. That's the only hope the Vikings have. You gotta get turnovers. Hopefully, you can get a pass rush against um, Matt Ryan. He hasn't really faced it that much this year. That's the other thing. <laughs> he hasn't really faced much of a pass rush this year. We'll see if he gets tested. 
down the stretch. It would be uh, quite nice to see the Vikings <laughs> take care of business against the Falcons. PA actually thinks the Vikings are going to win this game. PA, Paul Allen of KFVN, I, I don't think so. I, I wish... I wish I could say they will, but I don't think so. That's kind of—I just find that to be a little silly, a little homerish, to be quite honest. Trying to look at where the uh, the Falcons did lose the season opener, which kind of surprised me a little bit. And that no, no, they won the season opener against the Saints, barely beat them. And they're not seeing. There we go. It's the Cincinnati. How about that? Cincinnati, that's another team. They're 3-0 and this year, and that's really impressive. And they only scored 10 points in that game. That's what the Vikings have to hope for. Uh, Falcons, maybe not as good on the road. And Cincinnati, obviously, was the team that Mike Zimmer was the def- defensive coordinator in. You gotta like that part. <laughs> so, ultimately, that's the key. Uh, Matt Ryan threw all three of his interceptions in that game. So, there it is. Plain and simple. Get Matt Ryan to turn the ball over, and you got a chance to win the game. I drug this out a little too far. I wish I could kind of cut it down a little bit. So that is the key to this game. You need to get Matt Ryan to force. Uh, you need to force Matt Ryan into turnovers, make him uncomfortable. Um, obviously, I'm sure they're watching film on that Bengal game. I'm sure they've been watching film all week on it, <laughs> like crazy. Probably watching film in the Tampa game too. Like, wow, what not to do, right? <laughs> and just how badly the Falcons just ran all over them. Amazing to think that, though. The Falcons only scored 10 points in Cincinnati and then 56 against Tampa. It's just crazy when you think about the up and downness. So, hopefully, the Falcons will be inconsistent, and that will be the Vikings' hope along the way here. Uh, Falcons' defense isn't that good. No, that's the good news. 27th in yards, uh, 25th against the Crass, and 19th against the Rush. So maybe a chance for Teddy Bridgewater to rack up some yards, score some points in this game. I'm going to go with the Falcons winning just to be safe. You know, I mean, uh, there's my strong opinion, <laughs> right? No, I think the Falcons win because I do think the Vikings secondary is worse than the possibility. It's more likely that Matt Ryan toasts the secondary than the secondary forces turnovers on uh, Matt Ryan. But that is the only way the Vikings win. They fluster Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan, I mean, he's the key to this game in every way, shape, or form. And if Teddy Bridgewater proves me wrong and goes out and throws for 400 yards, well, okay, hell yeah, that'd be great. But that's the key. Vikings running game to me, an absolute non-factor until they prove otherwise. An absolute non-factor. I hope they prove otherwise. That'd be great. Like I said last show, I hope McKinnon runs all over somebody Kind of hate that this is one of the later games. Kind of hate it. <laughs> I like the early ones, just to kind of gather information and all that good stuff. I don't like these late games very much. Um, so, let's get a score in. It's not going to be as high-scoring a game this time. Uh, obviously, for the Falcons, but I mean, I'm beginning to learn now. <laughs> kind of like last year. The Vikings start scoring a lot and giving up. they give up points, but they score a lot, too. The scores are always higher. This year, they're seemingly lower. I, mean, I was right about the point stretch, pretty much uh, the, the difference in points last week. I only missed by one. So if it was the price is right, I would have been perfect. I would have been only one one under. <laughs> so I think the Vikings uh, do not win this game, ultimately. I think they lose by seven. Maybe they get one turnover in this one. But I think we're going to go with a 27-20 uh, to, to 20 
27 to 20 in this game. 27-20, Atlanta wins in a uh, Bridgewater throws a couple touchdowns and or not maybe not throws but leads the Vikings to a couple touchdowns. He will get though. Teddy Bridgewater will get his first touchdown pass of his career in this game. Vikings score 20 points uh, and two field goals. I think there's going to be some field goals for the Vikings. I think the Falcons score three touchdowns and get a field goal in this one. A seven-point victory for the Atlanta Falcons. That's football right there. That's football right there. <laughs> I think the it's going to be a it's going to be a very interesting matchup to see how things turn out between these two teams. In fact, quite fun. Can't believe the 49ers is just a brief. I kind of like what I did last show, and I'm going to kind of do it again. Just kind of watching the surprises here. Cincinnati's 3-0. and Just absolutely obliterating Tennessee. 3-0. and 33-7. Cincinnati is just something, aren't they? Jacksonville continues to suck. Uh, Patriots barely beat the Raiders. Yikes. Uh, well, it's another surprise. Well, I mean, interesting to see Carolina get their butts kicked at home by the Steelers Sunday night. That was kind of interesting right there. Miami started good against the Patriots and gets crushed by the Chiefs at home. Don't know what's going on there. 49ers continue to struggle as they lose in Arizona. The Rams were crushing Dallas and they couldn't get it done. And the Redskins look good. They couldn't beat the the Philadelphia Eagles, but they sure look damn good, though. I mean, they're right there. They look like a team that's a little bit on the surprise right now. They might be one of the sneaky little NFC teams that gets the sixth seed like they did a couple years ago. So, we shall see where that goes. Let's wrap up segment number two. And next, the next voice you will hear is Brent Jacobson. And then on to the fan interaction we go. Do you shop on Amazon? Did you know that you can support this podcast just by doing your normal shopping on Amazon? It's really easy to do. Just go to thesportstuff.com and click on one of the many Amazon pictures. Do your normal shopping, and Amazon sees that we referred you, and they give us a percentage. We'd like to thank you in advance for supporting thesportstuff.com, and please use our Amazon link. Now enjoy the rest of the show. We are going Contact us and support Purple Mafia by liking us on Facebook and following us on Twitter. Don't forget to call into our phone lines at 209-736-7877. That's 209-736-7877. Yes, this is for Joey and Purple Mafia. Uh, Brent here. Colin. All right, my 10-second run, Peterson. Then I'm going to drop that like a bad habit. Basically... Had the incident came to light two, three weeks earlier before the race situation, probably wouldn't have been a, anywhere near as big of a deal. Subject dropped. Today's game versus New Orleans. Defense impressed me. The call against Munderland, debatable. PA, I think, kind of hinted that he thought Monolin overdid it, but then I hear Sam Severe say, no, he didn't. My take, and it's close. In the case of Breeze or a quarterback like that, they're going to give 
the star, the benefit of the doubt. Impressed by the defense, impressed by Teddy, he give, I say give him some time to learn the playbook, not learn the playbook, but um, give him the first team reps, and I think we'll be in for a show Sunday against Cracklanta. I mean, Atlanta. Whoops. Eh. What's the difference? Skull Vikings. Keep the good work, Joey. Catch you later. Bye. And I thank you for that call. Always, Brent. Always a welcome voice on this show. And, of course, in the Facebook page and all that good stuff. Even on Twitter at times. I haven't seen him on Twitter in a while, but... Yeah, interesting takes indeed uh, that it wouldn't be uh, the Adrian Peterson thing would probably not be as blown up uh, if it weren't for the Ray Rice situation. I can see that, yeah. I I can definitely see that. I think uh, the Ray Rice situation did not help, and God Almighty, it was just miserable listening to 1500 for about a two-week span there. Those guys just about lost me for like for life. Just about. Mackie pretty much has, but Judd I still like, I guess. <laughs> just barely, right? even though I think Mackie has rubbed off on him. Um, Read between the lines there. You guys can, uh, yeah, make your own opinions. You're free to uh, like or dislike whoever in this town, agree with, disagree with whoever in this town, as am I. On to the whole situation with, well, the defense did look good, yes. Uh, Keeping the Saints to 20 points, shoot, that was pretty good. It's like it's possible to keep them at 20 points and all that good stuff. I mean, other teams do it sometimes. But pretty much every time the Vikings play the Saints, it's like a shootout or a blowout. Um, In a negative way. But then again, the Vikings really haven't been blown out by the Saints, luckily. I'm just saying. Uh, Keeping the Saints at 20 points at home in a situation where they were probably pretty desperate. You know, a team that a lot of people saw making a run into the postseason this year. You only get 20 points? Not bad. Not bad. I was, I like that as well. Munderlin, I think it's a bad call. Um, I understand the star part. Okay, sure. But I still think it was a bad call. That was kind of lame. It really hurt. Uh, it really, really changed the entire momentum of the game. It just, that was quite unfortunate. Quite disappointing. That's pretty much what I'll leave that as. Teddy Bridgewater, sure. Looking forward to looking forward to what he can do with the uh, you know obviously the number one snaps and all that good stuff the starter snaps most of the snaps during the week and the uh, starting quarterback playbook versus the backup quarterback playbook against an Atlanta defense that isn't that good uh, it's it was better before it's nothing special now we'll see and if the Vikings can force a couple turnovers against Matt Ryan maybe even a real costly one like where the Vikings get the ball at the Falcons 10 or something, or the 20, or 15, or 35 even. Maybe Bridgie can get some touchdowns, just like he did in the preseason. It'll be nice to see him do that against starters versus backups. Hey, take care of business against those backups. Now you get a chance to possibly take care of business against the starters. Start doing that consistently. Oh boy, Vikings future will look bright indeed. Test number one, and and what's great again, how many people do you think would be watching this game? If Matt Castle was still the starter versus Teddy Bridgewater. The ratings are going to go up because the intrigue is going to be sky high watching Teddy Bridgewater out there versus Matt throw the ball away Castle or whatever you want to call it. Ah, the Castle crumbled. In fact, it broke in many places. 
<clears throat> okay, sorry, that was kind of bad. That was kind of mean. Too soon? <laughs> Love that. Too soon? Too soon? I hate a lot of the uh, repetitious stuff out there, like, I know, right? And and that is all, you know, that people say at the end of statements. I just It's just, like, overused and obnoxious, but for some reason I, like, wait for it, and too soon? I don't know, I, I kind of like those two for whatever reason. Call me whatever you want to with that one. On to the Purple Mafia. Um, yeah. <laughs> On to the Purple Mafia Facebook page, the contact details. You gotta love that. The contact details. Mm-hmm. It's good stuff. Yeah. Um, all kinds of information always on here. I'm gonna see if there's, uh, amazingly, there was, like, nobody really posted in the post-game thread. Maybe people were too pissed off. I don't know, the numbers were down this past week, probably because they didn't want to hear any more Adrian Peterson talk. Maybe they were afraid that I was going to fill my show with that garbage. I don't know, and I think the fan base is, I think it just dwindled last week. But with Teddy Bridgewater leading the show, who knows what's going to happen now. It will be fun. Not a soul posted where I wrote Vikings versus Saints post-game thread, and that's probably because it was a day late and a dollar short. So I apologize there, but there are posts all over the place and elsewhere. Uh, I'm going to start where I said anybody liked what I had to say in the Houston episodes. That sounds is scaring me a little. Got a little response then. Sebastian saying, good show, Joey. Just listen. I think we are all silent because we are holding our breath with the AB situations and Simpson's ass getting, getting the cut after him being an idiot. Yeah, Jerome Simpson's been cut. Yep. That's for sure. Uh, Justin Day simply saying, it's not a political show. See, I didn't even mention Jerome Simpson because uh, he wasn't really a factor anyway anymore, it seemed like. And it's just like, whatever, that guy. I mean, how many more times you got to screw up? Go ahead and judge Adrian all you want, people. But Jerome Simpson, come on now. Come on now. <laughs> that guy is just a joke. That's like, that's like not even trying. But yeah, Justin Day simply saying it's not a political show. I'm not sure if he was mad at me for uh, maybe talking a- for some of the AP stuff I said on the previous show, or if he's actually pleased that it's, that I, that I don't, that I pretty much focused on football on the last show. Um, he didn't respond when I asked him, and, um, that's okay, that's cool, I suppose, hopefully all is well with Justin, and, uh, he's still listening and all that good stuff, one of the best, uh, one of the best guys I know on here, without a doubt, Mark Carlson, also one of the best guys I know on here from Iowa, thing I downloaded Thursday, I'm listening today, I think the numbers were also down because the show was pretty late last week, in fact most people didn't even probably see the show existed until Thursday, that's too late, this week's a little later than I would have liked as well, I was freaking tired Sunday night, and I also wanted to let things breathe a little bit with the injuries and stuff, and wanted to hear some commentary and all that good stuff, Robin Sullivan saying, listening right now, great show, very much agree with what you had to say, let's move on. It is what it is, and time will tell. That being Adrian Peterson. Tanae Brown out of New Zealand. And I always like to say a big-time listener to the Timberwolves Explosion show. In fact, they're probably the most frequent poster outside of Vince Germano on there, <laughs> on the Facebook page for that show. Timberwolves Explosion had a new show Sunday night as well. Actually, that's why I didn't record, because we actually recorded on Sunday night. That's probably another good reason. Do check it out, guys. Do check it out. Um, in fact, actually, that was last week. Pardon me. <laughs> this week I was tired. Uh, today saying, just listen to the show. It was great listening to something about the Vikings that wasn't about AP. Awesome show as always, Joey. 
Thank you so much. Mark saying, it's not easy speaking the truth in such a tough situation. I believe you did the best you could. Thank you for being frank and clear. I enjoyed the show as always. And that is a star candidate right there in that one. Malcolm McSween with another star candidate comment here saying, Malcolm out of California, Mark out of Iowa. Uh, Malcolm saying, from day one, listening to your podcast, I realized Joey is my favorite person. Wow. Uh, you are honest. Speak the truth about our team. Unlike your Minnesota local broadcasters, I think Vikes are going to be 12, uh, or that think the Vikes are going to be 12 and 4 every year. Every time I listen and <laughs> every time I listen and swear, you are reading my mind. Long post, sorry. <laughs> but you deserve mass credit. Love the Mafia family. Family. Thank you. That was that was awesome, Malcolm. That really, really, that meant a lot, man. That really did. Wow. Um, it's nice to know that I can present a show and get that type of response. I mean, you know, <laughs> that means a lot. Because, I mean, I do put a lot of emotion in this show. And I put effort, too. Time and effort. Despite a ridiculously busy schedule. And it's guys like Malcolm, like Mark Carlson, Tanae, Rob, you know, Robin Sullivan, who's been very loyal. So many others. Brent Jacobson, Sebastian, Justin Day. I mean, name after name after name after name. But a lot of you guys, you know, that's why I do the show, man. I mean, <laughs> I'm telling you, not to get all wishy-washy, or not wishy-washy, not to get all uh, uh, touchy-feely on you, but man, <laughs> that's why I do the show. That's why I do the show. I mean, you know, because there's times, I mean, I, I get tired. I, I wish I could, you know, there are times sometimes it's like, man, I'm exhausted. My schedule sucks and Vikings aren't playing well. Man, I could take the week off. It's like, nah, I'm not taking the week off. Partially, I have a love for this. I mean, I mean, a lot of it is I do have a love for it despite exhaustion, busy and all that. But also, you guys, man, I, I don't want to let you down. I mean, if I mean, that, it means so much that you care about this show as much as you do. You know, I never thought I was going to get that kind of response when I first started Triple Mafia. I was hoping someday, maybe, I would. But to actually see it, it's like, wow. Uh, I'm going to dig around in the in-game threads a little bit. I'm probably not going to read any, but maybe a couple here and there. Because I think at the end, it gets more post-gaming. Yep, here we go. Uh, uh, Mark Carlson was saying how the defense was getting a solid testing. And yeah, they were pretty good. Sebastian was saying, yep, that person follows our dagger, in my opinion. And it was. It, absolutely. That's a very, very true, Sebastian. And yeah, you will hear his voice on this show again, by the way. Don't think for a minute that I'm just like, nope, I'm only going solo from here on, and that's it. I do enjoy going solo. There's something special about doing this show by myself, you know? <laughs> that might sound selfish. But it's kind of like, this is kind of, you know, this is kind of my moment. Right, you know, when I do this show. That's another reason why I like to do it. It's just so fun. And, and, and I like the freedom sometimes too. But, you know, having a, having a co-host as well is great. It's just, I like the freedom to kind of have a co-host sometimes and not have a co-host sometimes too. Uh, and it does bring different vibes. Brings uh, all kinds of different things. Certain listeners may listen in certain situations and not in others. I, I, I don't know. That's up to you, I suppose. Yankee, all right, Yankee, nice to hear from you, saying Vikings were able to pick up some kind of tempo, but in the end, the Saints were the better team. Yep, that's unfortunate. Yeah, I mean, Bridgewater's just not as sharp as Drew Brees yet. 
even though he looked smart out there. He slid rather than putting his shoulder into people and all that good stuff, but well, it's hard to win a game when you can't score a touchdown. Um, and even if the Vikings, even if the Vikings didn't give up the 20 point, you know, at the end, the touchdown to Breeze in the third quarter along the way, or was it early fourth, the Vikings never actually scored again. They never did get uh, more than nine points, which is kind of disappointing, actually. <laughs> the Vikings are averaging eight points a game in the last two after a nice butt kicking with the Rams. Who almost went two and one last week? That would have been nuts. Um, that would have been absolutely nuts if the Rams were two and one. That would make the Vikings look good. But no, eight points. I mean, you score seven points against the Patriots. You score four minutes in the game, never score again. Just crazy. And then to only get nine against the Saints, it's kind of lame. Uh, Brett McCarthy saying, "Can any of our guys catch the ball? Too many drop passes." Yep. Yeah, I mean, Jarek McKinnon. What the hell? That was not helping nobody out there. Uh, even Kyle Rudolph dropped one. Not good. Um, early on, before he started getting hurt. Uh, Malcolm saying, instead of negatives, Teddy Bridgewater, H20. I wonder where the H20 I don't know if that was some kind of a typo, maybe a cell phone type of thing where that does that. Uh, that he looked pretty good after being thrown to the Wolves. Cool under pressure, hopeful for the future. Yep. Um, yeah, absolutely. Very cool under pressure, and I am hopeful, and luckily it has brought fans into... Uh, the C- er, it is bringing fans, at least viewers, probably more listeners to this show, too. Because they're like, oh, Teddy Bridgewater. Let's talk Teddy Bridgewater. Instead of all this negativity, Castle not playing well, Matt Khalil not playing well, Jerome Simpson's DUIs and drug this and drug that and marijuana this and crack cocaine, whatever the heck that. They didn't actually mention what drug it was. Could have been anything, you know. Usually when it's marijuana, they say marijuana. A lot of people have differing opinions on how uh, marijuana is. For me, if it's illegal right now, it's still illegal. I mean, you know, um, rules are rules. That doesn't... Okay, I'm not even going to get into that. Oh, no. <laughs> it's like rules are rules, I suppose. You don't have to agree with them. It's just, it is what it is right now type of thing. That's the way I look at it, I suppose. Yeah, there could be some altering a little bit, I suppose, versus some of the other stuff that's been taking place and two-game suspension this and season suspension. Yeah, okay, I'll leave that alone. I really got to get off of that real quick. Matt Khalil uh, article, this ultimately was, I believe, from KFAN. Uh, by Pro Football Pro Football Focus ranks uh, Matt Khalil is the worst tackle in the NFL 68th place. That's harsh by Pro Football Focus. But then again, is it harsh? <laughs> Matt Khalil looks like S-H-I-T so far, to be quite honest. Sorry for the uh, graphic spelling right there of the word. Uh, Robin Sullivan saying, klutz. Only thing that comes to my mind. I, I got nothing else. Matthew Kyle saying, true. Matthew Kyle out of Maine. Robin Sullivan's actually from Minnesota. Uh, Paul Jones. I don't think I've heard from him before. Welcome to the Purple Mafia page saying he... He has earned it around all I can say. If it doesn't get any better, I guarantee Zimmer will get another left tackle in the draft. Yeah, some and sometimes the, the tackles, some of the best def- uh, offensive linemen are you are late late round picks and even undrafted. I mean, it's random. Though usually when you take a guy in the top three, top five for an uh, offensive lineman, they do go on to have a strong, very strong career like the Orlando Paces. Um, like long, a couple years ago. 
Thomas Jones, I believe, in Cleveland. Guys like that, they're they're stars. Unfortunately, they're like the only good player on their team. That's the bad part. You have a great tackle, but you got nobody really to protect anyway. You got like this and that. Uh, Cleveland, though, may finally start to get better now. Um, so let's start. Thomas, I think he's posted before, saying, and welcome back to you. Uh, so, uh, hopefully he's a listener. He says, Zimmer talks accountability, so tell me why is Charlie Johnson and Khalil still starting? Starting? Yeah. Why are they? <laughs> Khalil, Khalil, I guess you kind of almost have to. Charlie Johnson, there's really no obligation to start him right now. Khalil, I kind of see that because obviously he's a high draft pick and he's been good already. He went to the Pro Bowl in his rookie year. But maybe you do need to have Khalil see less snaps and um, see if this, this guy can get his ass in gear because he's been uh, not making a whole lot of sense. The last thing we need is another Bryant McKinney right now. I just couldn't stop ripping that guy in the early days of Purple Mafia and all the way back to Paladino Live on uh, YouTube. Todd Grunlian. With that Baltimore uh, Orioles logo. Yeah, gotta like that. Uh, he's saying, because I mean, yeah, I'm looking forward to them. I'm cheering for them in the American League, by the way, as we head to the postseason in baseball. Uh, he's saying, another in a long line of Spielman failed prospects. Put the blame where the blame is due. Um, I, I like the strong opinion. I'm just not sure if I'm ready to call him a failed prospect. He's headed that way, but it, I'm not ready yet. I think Khalil can come around, and I pray to God that he will. Brett McCarthy simply saying, what happened to him? I'm not sure, other than he's just not mentally tough right now. Uh, he basically got, I think I think it's one of those situations where it's like shell-shocked a bit, kind of got punched in the mouth per se, and uh, didn't know how to respond to it. And that's disappointing for a guy in the top five draft, uh, top five draft pick of 2012. Hopefully he can shake out of it sooner than later. Dave Hickey out of Iowa saying he goes from being a Pro Bowl rookie to sucking bleep. He is getting beat all the time. Yes, he is. And again, he got uh, he got Matt Castle hurt. He almost got Teddy Bridgewater hurt a couple times. Uh, ramming into uh, the quarterback getting after getting shoved backwards. And, you know, could be... We're lucky Bridgewater didn't turn an ankle or God knows what else. I won't even say what else because we just don't even want to go there. We just can't go there. No way. I mean, let's enjoy Teddy Bridgewater for the time being. Kyle Rudolph out for six weeks. Groin injury posted that on there. Only one response is by Sebastian Ball saying the the irony of no Reisner and Teddy starting. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. That's uh, really actually a really good statement there by uh, Sebastian He's a star candidate. Uh, so ba- uh, yeah, he's a star candidate, definitely, with that one. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> man, man, man. Mm-mm-mm. So, I believe that's actually the end of the Facebook. A little quiet this week. Partially because I was probably kind of late in the posting. Maybe people got bored. I don't know. But there there were comments all over the place and other topics. So maybe people were sick of talking about the game. There's a little bit of Jerome uh, Simpson responses. Vince Germano, of course, out of Australia and all that good stuff. I host a show with him called Showtime and T-Wolves. He's saying about how Jerome Simpson's 28. He looks like he's 48. <laughs> Brett McCarthy saying good about him being cut. Uh, Mark Carlson saying not surprised. I believe there's another one. Yeah, I say Jerome Simpson is useless, unprofessional, and stupid. Six comments, but some of them might be for me. No, they're all short, though. <laughs> Robin Sullivan saying, you don't say. You put that very mildly. 
Brett McCarthy saying, True. Todd Grunlin saying, What a waste of a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. Brent Jacobson saying he's been released now. And Patrick Grant saying, Agreed. Brent, of course, printing or posting the Bleacher Report. Do appreciate that very much, Brent, without a doubt. Uh, I believe that's the end of the post. But to be polite, I'll give it a check. See if there's any individuals. Uh, what is wrong with this thing? <laughs> no, that's not nice to say, right? I do believe that's it, though, for the uh, Purple Mafia show posting here. I just want to give one last check here, just to be polite. And for some stinking reason, I'm not able to find any. So I believe that's... Uh, here we go. A couple of recent ones. I found it. See if there's anything. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, oh, yeah, I love that. <laughs> yeah, I love it. Mark Carlson took a picture last week. He sampled 8-bit. Mark Carlson, yeah, he was able to get a four-pack of 8-bit. He found it. Congratulations, Mark Carlson. This guy's definitely going to get a star this week for several reasons. <laughs> good posts and all that good stuff. Uh, Sebastian posted, welcome back, Joe, as in Joe Banyard. Really like that. I'm very happy he's back, actually. He probably will be active now. Um, like, actually getting some playing time, I would hope, one of these days. So cool to see that 8-bit can, though, from Tallgrass. And I, I hope you guys like the zombie monkey commercial that I was able to whip up. Finally got that done and put some effort into that thing. Hopefully you did like it. Mark Carlson saying, how does that saying go about squashing him with an axe. That was the uh, St. Louis uh, Rams. He said, I think we carved up with a chainsaw. We were carved up with a chainsaw. And it's our own fault. This is unacceptable play. This was against the Patriots. So a little bit on the older side. Uh, Dave Hickey saying, I never did find any tall grass beer when we were in Minnesota several weeks ago. I went to three different liquor stores. Ultimately, you need to use the beer locator on tallgrassbeer.com uh, rather than, you know, yeah, rather than like hurting your, you know, tiring yourself out driving to liquor stores, type in the, the type in the zip code in the area and you'll get a list of uh, liquor stores that will uh, show you where to find Tallgrass Beer. So Tallgrass, you know, Tallgrass Beers, tallgrassbeer.com. Go do go there. You try to use the beer locator so you don't have to go through what Dave did there. And I'm sorry to hear that. I hope you didn't lose a lot of time there. So I apologize for that. Unfortunately, uh, we're going to leave that alone. There were some comments, but probably don't need to go too deep into what everyone else said. Mostly uh, Dave there. Well, yeah, they're talking about something else. Oh, see, there it is. Fine tall grass beer. Mark posted that. Yeah, there it is. There's the link. So just use that. <laughs> uh, Gerald Sering. I hope I'm pronouncing it right. This is a pretty cool post. Uh, I appreciate it. I'm not sure if I've heard from him before. And welcome to the page. If not, very cool to hear from you. He says, it's a pretty big post, but it's also the last one on Facebook. Not giving up on the season yet. Everyone knew the first part of our schedule was going to be rough. The defense is playing better than many people expected. Really disagree with the roughing, the pastor call. Yep. Holding the Saints to 20 and the Patriots to 16. If you're away, the one-yard uh, drive and return block field goal. Okay, yeah, I see what you mean on the 16 there. The offense, not so much. The weakest link in the chain right now, I feel, is Khalil. Yeah, big-time underperforming. 
after his sophomore slump last season and absolutely just terrible this year, the junior, uh, oh man, I wish I could get a, a rhyme. I wish I could get a rhyme for that one. Hoping We were hoping for junior jump, like they go back up and play better again. Hopefully that's still possible. But so far, it's been a... Uh, I don't have a rhyme for it, so we'll leave it alone. Uh, they started the season with a bunch of penalties, gave up the big block last week, and on the block field goal, returned for a touchdown, getting burned one-on-one. Don't know what the coaches can't see. Also, with no AP, opens up how the Patriots and Saints were able to defend us. Yep. Yeah, there is no way to keep the defense honest when you have a zero running game. One of these running backs needs to step up. One of them needs to be the hero. Matt Asiata, I don't see it. Jarek McKinnon, you need to do something. The guy's been zero. Jarek McKinnon has been a big fat zero so far this year. Uh, He wraps up, Gerald wraps up with saying, uh, hopefully Bridgewater can hang in there and rally the troops. Need a huge upset this weekend at home. Awesome post, Gerald. Awesome post. I hope you keep posting. Awesome thoughts. Awesome thoughts. Uh, without a doubt. I you know, I liked what he had to say. Without a doubt. Awesome thoughts. Exclamation point. <laughs> just wish, uh, I just wish the Vikings, uh, I hope the Vikings can pull some type of upset. Trying to get this thing to do something here. I don't like this. Uh, oh, it's not cooperating. There it goes. Hallelujah. So let's get to Twitter and wrap up this show. Hopefully it's not dragging on too long. It was kind of an, a more more emotional one. And you do have a different starting quarterback now. Hopefully a better one and all that good stuff. This is unfortunately the Timberwolves Explosion Twitter. At Purple Mafia Show is where we is what we want. And it's what we shall get. A bit quiet. We'll probably hear. Yeah, we'll hear from Dave Martin a little bit in here, which I always, always welcome. There was a, there was a lot of mostly favorites. Um, Rochester. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Justin in Rochester. This being Justin Day at J Day underscore twenty four saying I tend to compare them more to the Bears fans than Packers fans, but from an annoying standpoint. Yes. Yes. Right there. That being how I was saying, how oh, the Saints fans remind me of Packer fans, and there's no doubt about it. Dave Rarton saying, Nightmare sums it up. Have to download soon. That being last week's show. He heard about Simpsons in trouble. Yeah. It's getting, this is getting stupid fast. And now I can get back to business of beating the Saints. Yep. <laughs> a bit of back and forth there. Uh, and then lots of favorites and stuff back and forth. In some of my comments. <laughs> yep. Dallas Deisenbach was saying how she's so ticked off at the officiating, and I agree there. The officials really get a uh, negative star, a down star for this one. <laughs> Dave Martin wrapping things up, saying another bad day, but Teddy looks okay, and we only gave up 20 points. After the start, I was thinking more beer. Bad two weeks. <laughs> he says, but the Packers lost as well. Without 28, our running game looks poor. I guess Norv is going to have to work some magic to get eight wins. Yeah, I don't think they're going to win eight games unless something changes here with the running game. And uh, maybe Teddy Bridgewater is uh, something to behold, with a, without a doubt. And uh, the possibility does exist that he will be. That's the good news. Wonderful thoughts, Dave. Never stop posting. Love you. Love you. Out of northern Scotland, Dave Martin. Always love hearing from him on Twitter, without a doubt. So, let's pass out the stars. The gold star this week. 
It's got to go to Malcolm. I mean, my goodness. <laughs> Such nice things he had to say. I mean, that, I could pass out like five or six stars this week, but the gold star is going to Malcolm. He gets the gold star. Uh, silver star, Mark Carlson, 8-bit, all that good stuff, but also the thoughts before even the 8-bit. I mean, it, it was already pretty much sealed before that, but it's like absolutely positively, despite how some of the other great comments, Mark Carlson getting the silver star this week. The bronze, man, it could kind of go all over the place. Uh, there, <laughs> the bronze is kind of tough. Um, I got to give it to the Gerald String. Really good uh, comments on there. I'm not even sure if he's listening, but uh, nice debut for him. Wow, nice debut on the page. I hope he's a listener. And if he's not, we'll just say if he's not, got to give it to Sebastian for uh, the awesome comment he made on the page as well. It was a short but really good comment he made. Sebastian's got to get at least get the bronze. So we're going to kind of have a tie there because I'm not even sure if Gerald listens. That's what I'm afraid of. Some of the guys in there, they might be posting and they don't even, they're not, they're not even able to listen or they don't listen, that kind of thing. So it's like you give them a star and they don't even know about it. And it's like, huh, it's kind of a drag. So there it is. Malcolm, here it is. This is your moment. Gold star. And you also noticed they haven't been passing out the Fran Tarkington or Tavares Jackson awards lately because the games have been pitiful. But I will pass them out this week anyway, right here at the end. I probably should be passing them out at the end of the game review. But, eh, you know, <laughs> it's just one of those things. I'm going to pass that out at the end of this one. I was thinking of not doing it, and it's like, you know what? I think I should do it. What the hell? It's like changing on the fly, right? Fran Tarkington award, um, well, Teddy Bridgewater has to get it because he's giving the fan base, something to pay attention to, something, a bit of a distraction from this Adrian Peterson situation, something to look forward to, and pumping some life into the Vikings fan base. Thank God for Teddy Bridgewater. So I'm really sorry to hear about Matt Castle. Um, and ultimately, the Tavares Jackson Memorial, soon to be named the Christian Ponder Memorial. <laughs> But we're going to save that until he's no longer on the team. It's only fair. That has to be people that don't play for the Vikings anymore. Um, Matt Khalil, I mean, he was terrible. He helped Matt Castle get injured. Matt Khalil is going to be getting a lot of those until things change. Honorable mentions are uh, going to Josh Robinson, who stinks and just stinks again. He he, he had some decent moments, but he had some... He gave up a pretty important third down along the way. And Robert Blanton was awful the entire game. So two honorable mentions. Three guys were terrible in the game. And even Matt Castle didn't look so good either. Ugh. But uh, yeah, so Khalil gets it. He, he takes the cake. Uh, I might as well pound on him like everybody else, right? Huh. And then, of course, yeah, Robinson and Blanton. Lousy along the way. Almost ought to give those guys that uh, as well, just for the sake of not pounding on Matt Khalil. But maybe it'll just be a three-way tie. There we go. Three-way tie. Tavares Jackson, Christian Ponder, and, 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 and. <laughs> and, oh boy, Sean Salisbury Memorial. Ah, no, Spurgeon Wind Memorial. There we go. <laughs> All right. This show has been running long, and I'm doing the best I can. I hope you do enjoy it. Please do tell a friend about the show. Give Purple Mafia a rating on iTunes. Tell us how much you like it. And you'll get, definitely get at least a star on this show. And 
you know, you'll get mentioned, and I'll appreciate it so very much, and you do nothing but help this show when you do something like that, and I'll appreciate the living you-know-what out of it, and you will always be remembered. Thank you so much for listening. We'll be back next week over what we hope is a breakout party for Teddy Bridgewater, Jarek McKinnon, and even, even, even Cordero Patterson to a more national extent. Enjoy the suddenly warmer weather. Uh, it's going to be outside. That's going to be really nice. I mean, this is what outdoor football is about when it's super nice out. Really fun to go to it. And then, of course, outdoor football is all about cold and snow, too. It's going to be fun to watch the next two years until we step into the uh, Glitter Palace, known as the what will probably be called the U.S. Bank Stadium. But we'll see. Can't put the cart before the horse. <laughs> so we'll see when that day does indeed come. Until then, everybody take care, have a safe, happy week, and enjoy the new purple blood being pumped into the fan base and the organization.